Are you having a hard time finding people to work at your salon or spa? And do you want to keep the people that you have for a long time? Well, then you're going to want to check out today's podcast. Let's do it. Salon owners are some of the most amazing people on planet Earth. The only problem is sometimes their hearts are so big and they give so much of themselves to their staff and guests that it creates unintended consequences. Our goal is to change the industry by elevating the way the rest of the world sees salons, spas, and barbershops and give it the credibility that it truly deserves. This is the Salon Owner Evo Revo Show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Salon Scale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. Hey, welcome to today's show. I'm Jason Everett, and with me today is Mr. Doug Campbell. What's up, Doug? Glad to have you on today. How's it going? Just enjoying a little fall weather. Right? Isn't it gorgeous outside, man? Uh, such a good, good day to be talking about this subject because I think you know, speaking of seasons, we are in an interesting season right now, right? We are in this season that uh, I think a lot of people have been talking to me on social media and saying like, Jason, I'm having a hard time finding good people, right? Is there like, it just seems like in our city, in our town, in our state, in our area, like there are just people who uh, we can't, uh, we can't find the right people to work inside of our salon. And so I think that even though that may be true based on your observations, that there are some things that you can do to make sure that you can hire people quickly. Cause you were saying Doug on our last couple coaching calls uh, this week that we've been hearing some really good wins. Yeah. Yeah. In about the last two weeks, things have really turned around inside the Academy right. where people are, you know, so when we share wins at the beginning, like, Hey, I hired two more front desk staff. I hired three more associates. Awesome. Uh, actually won the calls last week, had 12, 15 people on it every person their win was that they had hired somebody. So that's I think good. some things that they've been doing are starting to bear fruit, um, yeah. even in this environment. Yeah. And I think if I can just be really honest with some of those people who are, who are worried about finding staff locally, and they've already, they've already made the decision that they can't find anybody in their city. You're going to keep proving yourself. Right. Can, mm -hmm. I, can I just really like be that honest? Is it if you're like, well, I can't find anybody. Well, I know because you've given up, like it's, you've already quit. You know what I mean? In your mind. So if you, if you hear me from a, the love punch perspective, like I want to say that without a love and kindness in my heart is if you truly believe there's nobody in your town, you're just gonna keep proving it to yourself. And you're, and it's like, just, you're kind of beating an uphill or you're beating an uphill battle. I don't know what I was gonna say, but you're like, you're, you're walking uphill trying to figure it out. And I think Doug, there's a couple of things on hiring and today's show is really about hiring and about retaining. Uh, so, you know, uh, you know, um, being able to find the right people and keep the right people on your team. And so I want to really talk about the, the four things you need to know, uh, about hiring people. And Doug, I think you said it really well is that, you know, people inside the Academy have been doing a lot, these four things really well, despite everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. And so even though they struggle with it, it's now, they're now starting to come out of it. And I want people, uh, that are listening to the podcast to, uh, get some of the same advice that we're giving some of our members in a way that will help you. So if you have issues with hiring, do me a favor and just comment hiring in the chat. I'd love to know if that's one of the issues you're dealing with right now inside your salon. Uh, if you have more guests than you have staff and you're like, man, we are slammed. We could take so much more business. If we just find the right people because these are the four things you want to do. I'm going to cover these four, Doug, then we'll talk about them uh, in more detail. But the four, if you want to write these down if you're following along is you got to build uh, what's called an avatar we'll talk about that you got to get really clear about the ideal customer or the ideal person you're looking for having on your staff avatar number two is you got to be clear about how you write a job post there's a right way and a wrong way to write a job post that's a big thing number three is 
Where do you actually place these job postings so you make sure you get applicants that you want to talk to? And then number four, how do you leverage and use the relationships around you, whether that's with your existing staff, other salons, or the beauty schools in your local city? So those are the four. Uh, again, your avatar, your job posting, your placement uh, of where they work and the relationships. Doug, can we elaborate on a little of these? Because I, I think, let's talk about the mistakes people make. What mistakes do people make around not creating an avatar? Like if they don't do an avatar, what happens? Oh, because then, then all sizes, all sizes fit. And right. They, they, anybody you know, who can fog a mirror, right? right. If, if they can breathe, we're hiring them. Well, uh, yeah, anyway, maybe, maybe yeah, if I, they can cut hair, if they, if right. they can hold a pair of shears and they look like they know what they're doing, they went to beauty school. Congratulations. You're hired. All right. Or if they know what a computer screen is, um, <laughs> so, but I mean, and yeah, and so look, there are in different areas, there are different challenges for environments, yeah. but what you cannot do in most cases is you cannot pull your salon up at the foundations and move it to a place where the hiring environment is different. Right. Uh, so you, your choice is either you sit there and give up and say, you just can't hire anybody. I guess or, there's a, the Eeyore complex, right? It's like, well, there's nobody in my town. Right. Right. So you just say, you, you look at the hand that you've been dealt and then look at some things we're going to talk about today. How can you apply it in your area right. to help you figure things out? Uh, so yeah, I mean, you got, you got to create who's your ideal person. Who's the person that you're really looking for. And like with front desk, you may have a couple different ones. You may have your full-time avatar, which is one type of person. And then you may have your part-time avatar, which is a totally different type of person, but the two of them together make a really good front desk team. Yeah. Uh, same thing with staff. I mean, you gotta, or with uh, uh, service providers, you right. need to make sure that you're finding one that's going to fit into your culture. Who's the one that fit into your culture? Because uh, it doesn't mean, you know, just because someone doesn't fit your avatar doesn't mean they're a bad person. It's just they're not right. a good fit for your culture. Uh, right. But you got to get clear about that. Well, and I think I think another really important thing, Doug, about the avatar piece that I want to put out here is that once you get crystal clear about the avatar, like we just did a, a program called Stylist Styles, which are what are the what are the styles of the stylists that are there? And you're like, okay, well, you might have the um, you know returning to the workplace mom who used to be a stylist that wants to uh, that wants to get back in the marketplace. You might have uh, the 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 person who is married but they want to uh, have additional income. You might have a single person that just got out of beauty school. You might have a single mom that's got that wants to do great things for her kids. Like there are different type of styles that have different needs and wants and you want their wants and aspirations, their dreams and desires. And what happens is once you start to understand them really well, what starts to happen is you get really clear about who's around you and somebody who might be right there in your face staring at you, you're like, oh my gosh, this would be a great person or that would be a great person or the next time somebody calls you, it's like you know exactly what you're looking for. It's like when you get clear on looking for a car, you're like, this is the exact kind of car that I want. All of a sudden you see it everywhere. If you take the time to get clear about that avatar for the job po the job position before you put anything else into it, you get really clear that the right people start showing up. So that's, that's avatar. Job post. Um, the quick thing I'll say on this, when you're writing a job post, don't do what most people do. What most people do is they put a terrible job posting out that says wanted hairdresser must be able to cut hair, color hair, and do an amazing world-class shampoo apply inside. Like that's what most people do. There's a whole process. We did a whole training. It's an hour long training. I can't cram it into five seconds, but you know, we did a whole training on how to write the perfect job post to make sure that you attract your ideal client. But the hint I'll give you on it, just as we're quickly skimming over it here, is you wanna write it more like an ad that you would run for your salon than you would want to write it as just a job description. Most people do it right. the wrong way. 
And I think that's why it's important to know what your average, you need to know who you're writing it for. Yeah, so, then you write it for them. Right. So then once you create your avatar, then you know who you're writing the ad totally. for and whenever yep. you're, where you're placing it, you're, you're placing it when the, in front of the right people, you're getting the right audience. But if you don't know who that person is, right. then you don't know who to write it for and you don't know where to put it. Right. So let's talk about placement because you're getting into number three here, right? Is placement. Is if like, if you're saying, I want to get a, uh, 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 somebody who's reentering the workforce after they've had kids. That might be a very different placement. You know, you might not want to run that ad on TikTok, right? You might not want to run that on Instagram. You might run it on Facebook, for example. Like that may be the place that makes more sense for that age demographic. You got to decide what that is. But if you're trying to find somebody fresh out of beauty school, maybe that's what you're going to put onto a platform like TikTok or Instagram, as opposed to on Facebook or LinkedIn or run jobs on uh, Indeed. You know, we, we, and talk about placements, like, We've seen a lot, like it used to be like you run ads on Craigslist without it being a big deal. Then it was like you could run ads on um, a couple other tools and resources. Then there's Indeed. But I think better than using some of those uh, tools is using your social media and actually running ads to those on social media on a platform that makes sense for the right type of avatar that you're talking about. And then I want to take this a step four, Doug, which is relationships. Because if you're, if you're clear on your relationship, you got a really clear job posting that you're like, okay, I know exactly what I want. I know where to go find them. How does that help when you're talking to people in relationships? Because I think that that's the golden key to being able to talk to other people. You want to talk about that for a sec? Right. So like with the cosmetology school or just with your community college for front right. desk people. I mean, both of those are great resources. You build a relationship with those people and you let them know what you're exactly looking for. What you're looking right. for. You let them know what you're looking for and yeah. what you yeah. can do for that person. Then they're like, oh, they're, they're actively looking for that right person for you. They're doing some of the work for you because they want to place people. They want people to get in the right environment. They want people to do good. Right. Uh, but, just, but don't forget your front desk stuff too. go talk to your community college. There's always a, there's, there's a job help and you help people get through and all that stuff and put it out there of what you do. You'd be surprised at the people you get if you know which one you want. So you can even say, you know, I really like people that get this particular major. Uh, I really like people that are in you know this field of study. And so then they, they line people up for you and you get this flow of applicants as long as you keep the relationship alive. I think right. that's the biggest problems that people run into is they right. get fully staffed and then the, the relationship with the school them. goes black. Right. The relationship with the community college goes black. And then you've got to ramp all that relationship back up. In order to, so always, it's always better to have it and say, Hey, I got this great person. So we'll send them over, we'll look at their uh, resume or we'll interview them. And if you need them, great. If you don't, they say, You know, we don't have anything right, right now, but if we do, I'm going to hold on well, to you your know. Right. I'm going to hold on to your um, application. And yeah. Yeah. It's a much better position than it's like, Good Lord, no one's coming in except for people that have no idea what this industry is about. <laughs> well, and this is the thing I, I mentioned earlier about avatars being life stages, right? You could have the fresh out of beauty school, the returning to work, uh, you know, a spouse or something like that. But there's also personality types, right? Is like, what if you had a front desk person to your point, Doug, you had a relationship with a local school and you're like, look, I'm looking for a design major. I'm looking for somebody who, while they're in school, wants to be in some level of design or fashion or like that's associated with the industry. It's a little bit of a left turn. Like some people are like, oh, I only want people who are going to beauty school to work at my front desk. Okay. But that's, you're really clear on that. And you might say, hey, I can employ somebody while they're going to beauty school to work at my salon. But the clearer you get on that, the easier it's going to be for you to actually tell uh, yeah. people that you're talking to as a relationship. 
we right. really like getting freshmen in college just because yeah. we get them we lock them in because they're, they're not overly concerned about the hourly wage right. uh, but they're very excited about all the free services and looking amazing all the oh, time and being a discount awesome. on products and so generally we can hold on to that person for four years uh the yeah. whole time that they're in college and that's a good run i mean i got yeah. some of the others dedicated and they're usually they're, they're usually sharp uh you know they 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 want to do good. They're, they're trying to learn professionalism. Yeah. Uh, and it makes us feel you know, We've had a lot of feedback from people that have worked with us through college, then gone on to careers and come back and say, this was one of the most formative experiences that I had. So, so they're going to figure out who that, who those people are, take a snapshot of them. Then that's what you want to repeat. So well, how do I find this person again? Go back to that job ad, right? Is now all mm -hmm. of a sudden like, Hey, are you just starting school and you'd love to have a, a, a job that would get you through school and blah, blah, you know, you write this job ad around that person and that person starts to show up, right? It's like yeah. you, you're honed in, you're crystal clear about who you want. And then all of a sudden you get more of those people. And this is the thing. If I said to you, Hey, do you know somebody who'd like to work for my company? You're probably like, I don't really know. But if I said, Hey, do you know any freshmen in college that's looking for work? All of a sudden you might go, oh, actually, yeah, I do know a freshman in college is looking for work, mm -hmm. right? Or do you know somebody uh, who had who had a kid who just started, who had, had kid or kids and just started school and they're looking for work to go back to go back in the workforce? Oh yeah, I do know somebody. I know three people like that. Like the more specific you get, the better answer you will get when you talk to people in a relationship. So guys, I hope this is, this hiring piece is really helpful. Do me a favor and say helpful if this hiring piece is really like, connecting for you and i know we're just like skimming the surface on these topics and we're going super fast but i want to make sure you get hiring and retention when we come back after this short break we're going to talk about once you get them how do you keep them so i think doug you called it finders keepers that's what we're doing right after this break let's do it we'll be right back hey hpsa listeners let me ask you this are you tired of not knowing what your hair color is costing you on every appointment and watching it chew up your profit well, with SalonScale, we take the guesswork out for you. Using a mobile app paired with a Bluetooth scale, SalonScale will tell you exactly what your color is costing you on every bowl mix down to the gram. As you mix, SalonScale will also digitally store your formulas and track how much product is being used in real time. So you can manage your inventory, cover your expenses, and generate more profit in your salon. Use promo code HPSA10 to get 10% off an annual subscription. Salon Scale, the new standard for mixing color. Hey guys, welcome back. Doug and I are talking about how do you find the right staff? How do you keep the right staff over a long period of time? How do you do it? What, what would it take in order to get the right staff? What would it take in order to keep the right staff? And I think for so many people, they're having a hard time right now in this environment. We were just talking about all the things you can do. If, you're, if you jumped in partway through, go back, listen to the beginning uh, and make sure that you go back and watch that first half on hiring. Cause I think all of that stuff is, are things that people are not doing right now. I think that people are just doing the, the for lack of a better term, half-ass version, right? They're, they're posting a job posting. They're, they're running an ad, hopefully on indeed or somewhere like that. And they're like, well, it's not really, my ad's not working, Doug. And uh, I guess it just means that there's nobody out there, right? You got to get out of that mode. You got to get out of that mentality. So let's talk about retention. Let's talk about keeping people. This is a huge subject. If you've ever had staff leave you, do me a favor. And if you're really honest, do me a favor and say leave in the comment section. Because I know if you've run a business for at least a couple months, 
you've probably had a staff member leave who wasn't the right fit, or maybe you thought was the right fit, but they leave for some other unknown reason, whether they moved away, their life changed, or just something was different. And I think this is a really important detail for us to talk about is how is it that you can get people to stay with you, the right people to stay long-term, Doug? I think there's there's three big things that we, we uncovered before the show that we want to talk about. Number one is future plan. Number two is how do you add value to their life? So future plan, add value to their life and culture. You know what's weird, Doug? We didn't write pay down. Why the hell is pay not the number one reason why people stay at a business? Well, I mean, that's part of the future part. I mean, it's like they got to they got to know what their path looks like and how how I'm going to move forward in that. So it's like one of our things that we talk about in the kind of crafting compensation. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, but they need to it, it's part of the clear agreement thing, because sometimes people hire on and they hire on at a full amount and then they try to train, train them and then the person wants more. You know, we're big proponents of hiring at a training wage until you right. get up to where you're you. right. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of it is, is just future pacing. It's like, oh, good. You're going to be front desk. Here you go. Uh, or yeah, you got a job. yeah, just come work. With it. So if yeah. you don't, especially uh, service providers, if you don't lay out a career path for them where they can see a long term thing that as they get better, they start looking out the window mm -hmm. because it's like, you know, well, I'm just being used here. It's not about me. It's about the company. And it's you know, a lot of times, you know, owners will, you know, do the poor me's for lack of a better word of uh, you know i work so hard i put so much into this you people don't right. understand you don't care and that's not a great culture for someone to want to stay in. so you got to put that you got to put that future pacing out there for them yeah. and then support them and make them feel good so you got to have a really strong culture and you know like we're big proponents of codes of honor and all that stuff but it's really a lot of us the owners got to get their mind right and understand what they're putting out there and what they're saying to people uh because you know, a lot of times you're sending the wrong messages like i was talking about it's like they're not going to feel sorry for you they they in their minds probably think that you're a millionaire because you own a business it's just right. the way that the world its perception is right. uh, so, so trying to explain to them different is not going to do them very very good right. um so the idea is that you've got to be able to, it's about them. How do you, how do you help them realize the financial dreams that they have? Right. Uh, so I think that's the other thing. You just be a proponent of a value add that you're talking about how they can reach, you know, some financial security and starting at an early age and start putting that education. If you don't understand that as an owner, you yeah, need to figure luck. that out as an owner. Uh, <clears> so you, yeah, and it's the other thing too. You got to get your business profitable. Your attitude is going to be so much better about your business yeah, whenever true. it's turning a profit. And a profit is money you don't work for. It's a reward for starting the business. It's not your manager pay. It's not behind the chair not pay. Not your behind the chair income. It's, right. It's real profit. And that's what's going to get the value for you selling your business on the road. But once it starts turning in a really nice profit, it, it's so different whenever people first come into the academy and they're struggling, they're breaking even or making 2 or 3% profit. And then, you know, they've been in here for a while. Now, all of a sudden, they're making 15, 20, 25 percent profit. Their oh, yeah. whole demeanor, attitude, everything is completely <laughs> different. Totally. The way that they look at their people, the way they don't feel like they're being taken advantage of. They're not tortured all the time. They're like, right. this is pretty cool. And so that it's just, yeah. it comes off different. Yeah, I want you guys to hear how Doug talks about this. By the way, if you're loving this, do me a favor and comment, loving this in the chat. But I, I want you to hear how Doug talks about it. Because I, as I said up front, the three things, right? Future pay, future plan, future pacing, adding value and culture. 
is that we didn't say money, even though money's associated with all of this, it's not the first thing that people pay attention to. And I want you to hear, as Doug talked about money, it was like, I wanna help you to create the income that you want. I want you to help understand your finance. It's like, we're not just saying, I wanna help you get a $1 raise or a 25 cent raise, or like, let me show you what percentage commission you can make at our salon. Like I saw a job ad, and, and, and by the way, I have some friends that work at Ulta that they're responsible for a lot of things at Ulta. So I'm not knocking Ulta, but I did see an ad and I will knock the ad that Ulta ran that said, we pay up to 65% commission. It said up to 65% commission for new stylists call now. And I was like, you are setting yourself up for a world of hate because number one, they don't start at 65% commission and you're, you're kind of bashing the industry because everybody who doesn't sell at 65 or who doesn't have 65% commission, like all of a sudden they're like, well, maybe that's this industry standard. It should be 65% commission, right? But that's not the case. Like you have to get your way to that. And what you're doing is you're just saying at some point you should take as much money from me as possible. And the goal is to make 65% commission. What if the goal was my goal for you as a stylist is to help you get a house, to help you buy a car, to help you create the lifestyle of your dreams. And I think Doug, this is the future plan. I want to take you from where you are now. I was just on the phone doing an interview yesterday. I said, hey, how much money are you making now? What, how much money do you want to make in your life? And they were like, I really want to earn this much. I've never earned this much before. And I'm like, great. Let's put a plan in place to help you get from where you are and help you ratchet up to how to get to where you want to earn. Not because I'm paying you more commission, but because I want to show you how many deals you'd have to put together. Well, this was for a salesperson, but like how many deals you have to put together or how many clients you'd have to see in the salon in order to hit that amount of income that you're after. Not, let me show you how I can change your commission to help that make a better life for you. See, I think most people are wired to kind of create it differently. And hopefully you're hearing, you're hearing that Doug and I think differently, right? So one is a future plan. Two is adding value to their lives. And there's three ways you can add value to their lives, okay? Number one, of course, you have to add money and income and, and, and freedom, which comes from money, to their life. Adding value, showing them how to earn more money is a big factor. Number two, helping them see how to set better goals and a vision for their future. Not just how to set goals, but how to meet and exceed their goals. And I, man, can I just tell you, Doug, the amount of times I talk to people and they're just like, oh yeah, we set goals. How do you set goals? We just tell them 10% over what they did last month. <laughs> well, that, that's not a goal, people. It's not, that's not a goal, especially when it comes from you. Well, my, you know, my consultant or my coach or my whatever told me that I just need to raise them by 10% of what they did last month. That's an easy way for me to set a goal. I'm like, a goal that's set by someone else is actually not a goal they're gonna achieve, most likely. And you probably- The energy towards achieving it will be very low. Right. What you wanna do is get them to set their own goals based upon what they wanna create in their life. That's what leads to them actually achieving it because they're working for them, not working for you. Like, do you understand? Even though people quote, work for you, they're working for themselves. They work for themselves in the, in the idea of they want their lifestyle to be better. That's why they'll do more. Not because Doug's an amazing boss and I want to make money for Doug. That's very like 1945 of you to think that somehow employees will work that way. Right. And the third thing besides money, besides goals is lifestyle. Uh, people now, and this is in every one-on-one -on -one meeting I have people value lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm massively, massively more than ever before. I mean, we just went through, you know, almost two years of people being on some version of like in and out of their home and having to be home and around. And we, we got smacked in the face with a giant, how valuable is your time and how valuable is your family? So yeah, the world has changed as far as what people look for in lifestyle. So what used to be something that you could earn in five years, people want to have in their first year as far as lifestyle. It's a different pursuit. What would you say about the lifestyle changes, Doug, that you're seeing for stylists and yeah, for well, other, I mean, other staff? 
I think so. You got to give them a bridge to that. And so yeah. I think it's part of the value that like, we educate our team on, you know, on budgeting and not on a spreadsheet or anything like that. You know, we make right. it, it's like, Hey, look, first of all, you got to track it. You got to know what money you're spending and then let's put it into some buckets. And any one of the buckets is going to be a play bucket that you can do whatever you want to do with. But if we don't, if we don't manage it, then we don't know what our play bucket is. And we also, you know, uh, an investment bucket that we can start doing things to move forward. Cause it doesn't matter where you are. If you start learning those simple principles of putting things in buckets, as soon as you get your money, you spread it out into these buckets and then you, you show them how they can leverage what they already have instead of being in the mindset. And this is an important part too, is working with people on their mindset and personal development. You start doing that. You start bringing that value to they're going to, they're going to, cause you're getting value in lifestyle and value financial. Sometimes you right. can't have the lifestyle if you don't get the financial stuff straight. So the right. thing is, like lots of people say, one day when I have enough money, I'll start doing this. Right now, I don't have enough to do it, so I'm just going to wait. Well, the problem is that same yeah. person when they're making twenty thousand dollars with that mindset will have the exact same mindset at fifty thousand dollars and the yeah. exact same mindset at one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. And they'll be, no, I just need. To, I didn't realize that I was going to have because they they're not putting their money in buckets. They're not their money's right. managing them. They're not managing their money. Yeah, uh, teach so good habits. Teach good habits when they start with you. And I think Doug, right. you said this is you just did a team meeting where you talked about uh, finances for your team. And you said mm -hmm. one of the greatest gifts you can give your staff is financial education. The school doesn't schools don't do it. Parents don't do it like nobody teaches finance. Like, I, you know, it's like uh, I was somebody said the other day, they said, I wish that we spent time in school learning about how to have good, healthy relationships with other people and how to manage our money how to you know how to get a mortgage how to uh use debt how to do and i'm like it's just not it's not the case that doesn't happen school system doesn't teach you any of that so guess who gets to do it you the business owner it is it is your your obligation to help them learn how to be a better human and if you're waiting for the school system to change uh you might be waiting another 100 years so so if you give them the gift of like giving them some financial education which means you have to get your financial education right you need right. to learn about money about wealth about taxes about all those things your job as a salon owner especially for a student fresh out of school is to teach them how to create healthy relationships with other people that they work with and then two is how to use their money in a way that's healthy and productive so they can accomplish the dreams that they want you do that retention isn't even a question because they look at you well, i learned more doug about money about people about life from this job that i had for two three four five years than i did through anything else i've ever done you will retain that employee. Yeah. And they're going to be better employees. They're going to work harder because their, their motivation is I want to be a part of this. I like what this whole, this whole picture is about. Right. And so I'm going to show up that way. It's not just a paycheck. Right. Um, that, there again, you've yeah. got to get your, your stuff, right? Uh, so if, if you're like a little gray on the finance stuff, if you're a little gray on the personal development stuff, right. uh, then you the need to find a, a place to plug into and right. start getting that. And then as you get it, you give it to others. Uh, right. And then that, that's a very good process. And even if you do know, if you're not still getting poured into, you're going to become an empty vessel after a while. You've got to, yeah. you've got to have stuff coming in in order to give stuff out.
Yeah, so if you if you if you're getting this, and by the way, this the third point was culture. Hopefully, you're seeing and hearing and experiencing what the culture is like just by hearing us talk about it. That's what the culture is—a culture of growth and of mindset and of helping them grow and be, become better than they were. Uh, if you want help with this, if you don't want to be the only person uh, trying to figure this out, you want you don't want to do it on your own. You want to do it with a group of other people that are in the same mode. Uh, it might be worth talking to us about our academy and figure out what that is. Go find some support somewhere. But if you want help from us or support, do me a favor and kind of comment in this uh, on the video to help and support or go to our website, highperformancesalon.com and apply for what we call fast chat. Uh, and you can get some help and support to actually get your mindset right about this and get access to all these tools and resources we're talking about. We just, we just like, we just scratched the surface a little bit, Doug. We talked a little bit about some of the concepts. I like, I think we mentioned at least eight trainings that we have inside the academy that cover these subjects because they're such important subject matter that you need to know as a salon owner. And I just, uh, we, we exist because we want to help elevate the industry and we want you to have good relationships. And instead of being stuck where you feel like, man, there's just no people in my town to even hire. Can we turn that around for you? We'd love to be able to help you to do that. So do me a favor, comment, help and support. And we'd love to have you stick around, uh, check out other podcasts, listen to another one. If you're listening on podcasts right now and make sure you give us a, a review and a rating because it does help more salon owners here about the show. Thanks for being on today, guys. Thanks for being here, Doug, and have a great week. Bye for now. Yep. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the Evo Revo podcast. Today's podcast was brought to you by SalonScale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and you can always get more information, including show notes and the video episodes at EvoRevoPodcast.com.